0: Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we aim to inspire you, to connect you with like-minded colleagues, to innovate and push you out of your comfort zone, to create robust debate, to encourage lifelong learning, and to empower you to create more impact as a dietitian.
1: Welcome to today's Dietitian Connection podcast. My name is Marie Ferguson. I'm the director and founder of Dietitian Connection. Before we get started, I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today, and I'd also like to pay my respects to elders past and present. And it's my great pleasure today to be welcoming today's guest, Stacey dunn Before we get started, just a little background about Stacey. Stacey is the founding owner of Nutrition Jobs. She's also the author of the Dietetic Resume Guide, and she specializes in boosting professional opportunities for dietitians with coaching and courses on creating a modern winning dietetic resume, an optimized LinkedIn profile, and job interview prep. Stacey has worked as a clinical dietitian a nutrition manager, research dietitian with Dr. Dean Ornish, and she's a frequent speaker, being invited to speak at numerous symposiums. Uh, University's Harvard Medical School, and she's been on the Oprah Winfrey Show, which we'll get into in a great detail. Stacey's been awarded Outstanding Dietitian, Outstanding Dietitian of the Year, <clears throat> and Recognized Young Dietitian. And Stacey lives in San, San Francisco with her family, and um, we've known each other for quite some time. And I just love everything that Stacey does. And if you're not familiar with Nutrition Jobs, you you need to check it out. And uh, uh, Stacey is the all knowledge guru around um, how to get a job. So, welcome and thanks so much for joining me, Stacey.
2: Thank you so much, Marie. I'm super excited to be able to chat with you and uh, just give some information. Yeah.
1: So I have the worst memory, but I think you have a better memory than I. Um, we've known each other for many years, but can you remember how we first connected?
2: I I can. It was actually funny. You know, uh, we were talking about this before, and I had to look back and see when we first met. And I thought it was just like this perfect picture of the two of us meeting and how our friendship and our professional relationship has grown since. So we first connected at a Fency event in 2014. And I found an old email, our very first email exchange. It was October 26, 2014. And I think at my booth at Fency, I had a a giveaway. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it was some sort of giveaway and uh, you were one of the recipients of the giveaway and we connected that way. Uh, and you sent this really sweet email saying, "Lovely to meet you and see you at Fancy." I'm super excited to to be with you and to to help promote nutrition jobs and see what we can collaborate together with Dietitian Connection and Nutrition Jobs. I'm like, "Oh, that was perfect. That's exactly how that's exactly how our relationship has been ever since. All about collaboration and promoting each other."
1: Wow, I have no memory of any of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, have I no don't Yes, I knew it, <laughs> it was a bit busy, but I yep. couldn't remember what year, and I do not remember the giveaway. <laughs> but
2: which is where um, we see each other every year. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I think that's a really important um, point that we'll get into. But you know the importance of networking and connecting with people at events and um, connecting with them offline, then and, and then looking for potential collaboration opportunities. And you know what? We're eight years later.
2: Wow, I know, right? Yes.
1: So let's go back to your early beginnings. And why did you choose to become a dietitian?
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm I'm sort of one of those unusual types that when I was like 10 or 11, I had this really strong affinity for food, nutrition, cooking, and in particular, nutrients. And I remember uh, asking my, my parents for a nutrition almanac. For, for some holiday or birthday or something. Um, and I was super, super interested in how food and the nutrients in the food had some sort of effect. At the time it was, you know, putting putting uh, food on my skin, like facials, I would you know, put on avocados and I would do oatmeal masks and uh, beer in the hair and all kinds of like beauty treatments and saw like, what an amazing... Thing that food can do for our health and for our appearance, for nutrition, for all of that. So I, I knew early on what I wanted to do. Um, and luckily, my mom had a friend who was a dietitian. I met her a couple of years later, and she helped steer me into the profession of becoming a dietitian. And that was, that was really helpful, having that mentor, having that person be able to steer me in that direction. So yeah, I'm, I'm unusual in that.
1: And you have had such a varied career as a dietitian. You've worked as a tomato chemical analyst for Campbell's Soup. You've been a clinical dietitian. You've been the research assistant. You know, you've worked with Dr. Dean Ornish, and then you've started your own business nutrition jobs. Can you just sort of tell us a little bit about how you bounced between each one of those and, and your career oh, yeah. journey?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I've I've always worked my entire life, like through high school, through college, of course, outside of college, and now I've always worked. Uh, my Both my parents are entrepreneurs. They both own their own business. And so I think that's sort of like how I got the idea that this is how you earn money. You can, you know, money is unlimited. You just need to, you just need to make it happen. You just need to create the opportunities for it. So, so when I was in uh, college is when I had some super interesting jobs, I actually got to work also as a food stylist for Del Monte. I was an intern with Del Monte. I was a food writer for the California Tree Fruit Agreement, and then my 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 wonderful job um, doing chemical analysis on tomatoes at Campbell's Soup Research Development Department over at Davis was just was just so much fun. But it was just my entree again into how food can play a role in another love of mine is chemistry and and biochemistry. And how that can affect health. And so I started off then as a clinical dietitian, but I worked in uh, like the NICU, the ICU, a burn unit. So I did mostly enteral and parenteral nutrition in the beginning, uh, which I I loved. I loved the math. I loved the science. I loved being an integral part of the multidisciplinary team at a, you know, at a hospitals. Everyone has a different experience working in a hospital. I absolutely loved it. I I love the hospital little mini mini city that it is and the the community of people and uh, it just I, I love doing that. I then worked as a clinical nutrition manager. I also set up an outpatient practice at uh, our hospital, our local hospital and worked together with the IT and the billing department to get reimbursement for that and I had really interesting relationship with the IT departments and we worked really hard to get that as a freestanding paid for itself, outpatient clinic. And I think that was sort of like the beginning of me looking in on the back end of technology and seeing what can be made of it. I had taken a Pascal class, uh, computer science class when I was in college and just found the algorithms and the the method uh, behind it and the logic behind it. Just fascinating. So it was sort of like this culmination of my interest in sort of back end stuff, uh, computers uh, and the chemicals and the the nutrients themselves like that was super exciting to me. I then got a job working for uh, Dean Ornish, and I was uh, I oversaw the prostate cancer lifestyle trial, the nutrition component of it, and I had that was such an amazing experience uh, from from so many different levels. Working with the participants of the study was just amazing. The team that I was a part of was uh, just a wonderful chapter in my life, uh, learning so much from so many people, the nurses, the um exercise physiologist, the chef, the chef and I would go into people's homes and help them implement the research protocol diet, which was just just really, really fun and really um, such an unusual situation, just great relationships that were built. And then, of course, working for Dean Ornish, who's such a visionary, has just wonderful ideas and knows how to implement those ideas. he's He's such a persister. <laughs> he's just he persists. And um and, and I asked him, I asked him recently, I just saw him not too long, a couple of days ago actually. I asked him, like, Dean, what what drives you? Like what what motivates you? How do you move forward? And he says he he meditates every day and thinks about what am I not seeing? Show me what I am not seeing. And I thought that was just so powerful instead of focusing on an outcome that you want, but instead. Creating this intention on what am I missing? What am I not seeing? What is right in front of me that I am not recognizing? So, anyway, working with Dean Ornish was just you know amazing experiences. While I was a I was a clinical nutrition manager and I was looking for a new job, and I decided that I was going to you know get onto the internet. We hadn't been on the internet much, and it had just it just started essentially. Um, and there wasn't anything out there for dietitians much on the big job boards like monster or, um, career builder was out there, hot jobs. And so I just sort of took it upon myself to create nutrition jobs, uh, so that, you know, create this platform for dietitians specifically on the internet to help our profession. So that's sort of like, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Um, once I had children, I couldn't juggle running the website, taking care of children and working at this really really and amazingly busy job working at the research institute because there was just you know so so many things that happened um it was not a 9 to 5 job it was a it was a really busy job um so that's when i sort of got it took took on working with the uh, nutrition jobs full time
1: and what year was that what year did you start nutrition jobs Well,
2: um, so I started programming it in like 1999 and I'm trying to think, you know, I think when did the internet start? The internet started in like 1983, I remember. And we had just gotten the internet at the hospital, like around 1995, 96 or something. We were all like, you know, you didn't have it at home really so much, right? You, you had it at the, um, you had the cat five line to, to be able to, you know, work and, and, and we had email, um. That I just started as well. So funny to think. And so I programmed it. Um, I got one of those books, like HTML for Dummies, and just created this really simple, straightforward in my mind, the sort of you know Pascal logic-driven website. And I would uh, employers would uh, send me the jobs, and I'd FTP them. I'd you know put them up in sort of table format. And a couple of years later, started to charge people for it, and it's just been uh, a really successful business since then. It's had many versions of itself. It's, it looks totally different now than it did before. But um, it was, yeah, it's always been like this amazing, uh, fun, fun project for me.
1: We're aging ourselves with um,
2: having yeah. e- internet and email.
1: I know, <laughs> the younger generation, you know, have grown up with that. Um, but yeah. your Pascal background really came into the fore there in helping you with nutrition jobs.
2: Yeah, right. Like just, just understanding the logic of like if this, then that, and if that not that, then the, you know, like just, just sort of uh filtering through what a storyboard would look like um from a program standpoint when you're when you're constructing your website from both the the uh, the interface of the user, but also on the back end. Like, what does everything look like? Are all the, you know, there wasn't a, a website in a box at the time. Like, we had to create all of it, create all the pages, all of the response pages. Everything had to be sort of created. And I think that's helpful because that helps you understand, again, what goes into a website, um, what functionality needs to be in there, what doesn't need to be in there. Cause as you're building it, you could just continue to layer on stuff that doesn't need to be in there and just sort of being mindful again, always being mindful of what's the user's experience. Is this a benefit to my fellow dietitians? Like that was always in the forefront of my mind is how can other people benefit from my, my love of programming you know, and nutrition
1: and you must have been one of one of the the first or if not the first nutrition entrepreneur that was particularly using the internet. I would oh, imagine you know
2: I, I, that's a really good question. Um, I'm sure there were a lot more out there. I think what what was interesting is that um I, I I'm not sure exactly, but I'll say what what I think was unique about me at the time in the place that I was living in San Francisco was that it was quickly monetizing itself. It was very quickly becoming a cash cow. It was very quickly becoming something that I couldn't believe. I just like watched my bank account, like just, you know, well, I'd have to like, people would send me checks and I would, you know, cash the checks. But, uh, you know, I think at the time, dietitians were not talking much about money. We're not talking much about how much money they were making, proud of how much money they were making, bragging, or just you know evangelizing the idea that you can make more money as a dietitian. And so I remember distinctly, and I think I've shared this before on social media, I remember distinctly going into a meeting and there were going to be um, a lot of dietitians in this meeting. And I was thinking, I, I am embarrassed to tell people how much money this website is making because they kind of like joked about it or like didn't give me much, uh, you know, credence when I had first implemented it. And they're like, oh, well, why are you creating a job board online when there's, but there's a newsletter, there's, there's uh, people send out notifications of, of jobs in the mail. And there's, you know, there's all kinds of resources, you know, that, that people can go to, why would people want to go onto the internet and, and why would people want to pay you for that? And, you know, it turns out people were able to pay and people were uh, interested in searching eventually. Um, and so I remember just being embarrassed about how much money the website made. And then, of course, you know, I, I grew out of that. And thanks in part to a lot of the, the younger generation coming out, wanting to make more money as a dietitian, not being satisfied and talking about their money, talking about and now we have like the income reports and, and more transparency in, in money, which can be really helpful for salary negotiation and just for understanding your value and just being really open about about money in general.
1: I still don't feel like we're that open about talking about money. Is is there any um, thoughts you have around how we change that money conversation?
2: Um, I think uh, you know some people are not comfortable talking about it on social media. I think having the employers post that information in the job advertisement and having it reflected in that. I I recently had a job advertisement on nutrition jobs and the, they, they included the salary. So kudos to them for including the salary. And they asked me why they were not getting many hits on this job. And I said, because you're not paying them enough, but you've got to bump up the salary. Thank you for including the salary compensation information in there. That's fantastic. But you, You can't offer this low dollar amount and have anybody want to apply for the job. So I think hopefully it'll become a a, a market demand that, you know, don't don't apply for jobs that are low paying. Don't, Don't even, you know, give them any any of your time, uh, you know, there's, there are certainly opportunities to salary negotiate, but if, if a company is not willing to, uh, and there's a lot that goes on in salary negotiation, it's not just your salary. It could be a lot of other, uh, a lot of other monies that you can get. Um, uh, but if, you know, if someone's offering you $20 an hour, my gosh, nannies make, you know, almost twice that in San Francisco, right? <laughs>
1: So yeah, exactly. it's,
2: it's it's complicated, but I think it yeah. comes from, you know, it's market driven.
1: Yeah. Well, it's important conversations we need to be, ha- be having, but nutrition jobs provide such a wealth of resources and information, you know, for those who are seeking to um, get their first job or change jobs. Um, what resources do you have available on nutrition jobs?
2: Oh, gosh, you know, so uh, jobs, of course, we've got lots of jobs. And there's a resume database bank for for employers and for job seekers to be able to post their resume, even if it's a, a smaller version of the resume, they can still include stuff in there to apply directly online to jobs. Um, we've got email notification of jobs. So all the whole, the whole world of jobs, which is what it was all about in the beginning. And a few years ago, I noticed that um, resumes were coming through, not looking so spiffy from people that I knew were really spiffy people, but the resume did not reflect it. And I started to help people out with the resumes. And then that evolved into LinkedIn profiles and job interviewing resume templates. So we've got lots of resources. We've got, you know, checklists and downloads and, uh, worksheets and lots, lots and lots of resources. Again, to make dietitians more successful in their jobs, getting jobs and being more mindful of not having to stay in an old job that doesn't, it's not working for them anymore, either because they don't like the work environment or because uh, they're just, they're not making enough money, essentially.
1: Yes. Again, I encourage anyone who hasn't been on nutrition jobs, it's nutritionjobs.com. So go there and, and check it out. There's so much information there's no one typical day I'm sure at nutrition jobs, Stacy, if if you're anything like me, but um, you know, what might a day look like in, in the life of, um, Stacy at nutrition jobs?
2: Well, good question. I think that my, well, I'll say my, uh, my day is very short. It's very condensed. Um, I have, I, uh, have three children and, um, my husband works a lot. And so I, it's sort of me, I'm kind of like the single mom. And so my work day is really short. And as, as my teens are getting older, that my day is getting shorter and shorter. But so because of that, I am obsessive about checklists and habits and rituals because I'm, I'm a very creative minded person. And if I don't have, a structure sitting in front of me of what I'm going to do in the next 45 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, a checklist or ritual, a habit, whatever it is, I can spend all that time like dreaming about, oh, I I think I'll create this or, oh, I think maybe I'll start some menu planning. Like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? You run a job board, like, you know, like stay focused, stay focused. Um, so, So because of that, so I have lots of checklists. So the day usually begins by uh, going through all the systems that I have. So I have a lot of systems in place that make things run um, uh, uh, you know, like Zapier, like I just said and the job board itself. Uh, so I get in the habit of making sure uh, all those systems are working, the calendar, all that stuff, and just checking in on everybody, checking in on the employers, checking in on the applicants for some of the jobs, checking in on what's been posted on social media. Um, I also I also got in this habit of checking. My bank account every day. Just go into my my mobile app, take a look at my bank account. I got that from somebody else, and I thought that is great. This is I am here for being creative. I'm here for providing a service, and I'm here to make money, right? So I I, I like that idea. So I always open up the app and see what uh, transactions are about to be deposited, right? <laughs> that's that's what it's all about. Um, and so, you know, i check all the systems, triage any emails, and then I sort of do batch work. Um, I will batch out writing. I love writing and I would spend all my time writing if I could and researching and finding different ways to help dietitians improve and whatever it is, career-minded uh, ideas. Um, so I try to batch that so I don't spend all of my hours doing that. So I batch Um, Also, social media, the the text that goes along with the social media. Um, I would say I spend a lot of time on talks. I I give multiple talks a week for some reason, and and spring and fall are really, really busy times for giving talks. Um, So I'm usually prepping for one of those. I've been doing a weekly LinkedIn live on Wednesdays, so I do a little prep for that as well, getting the talk ready, and then also maybe finding a guest that can be on to talk about uh, different roles that dietitians can do. I also connect and batch out work, sort of like sales work, working with um, employers and making sure that they might, you know, my, my existing customers are happy and that I get some new customers. And so that, that's sort of how the day, the day goes, but it's never long enough. <laughs> like I was, I always want to work more. And um, now that I've got these teenagers, there's, you know, I have all these eyeballs staring at me late at night, <laughs> like wanting to talk about really important stuff, super late at night when I used to love working. So that's what I was yeah, gonna say. All. Your days are
1: short, but your your nights are long. But they used like, to be long, not so much be. anymore. Okay. Yes, okay. you and
2: I. Yeah, we, we often um have late night conversations because I am a night owl. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you talked about some rituals and, and habits there. Are there any particular personal attributes or habits you think have contributed to your success?
2: Um, I think, well, I am ridiculously competitive. <laughs> i don't know i don't know how i got so competitive because i in high school i was like not an athlete and was the cheerleader and um so i'm incredibly competitive and i don't want to get left behind so i think i i always want to know what's going on you know i've been a dietitian for 30 plus years like but i still want to know i still want to learn so that's a really big part of what what I get the big dopamine boost is, is that I really want to stay relevant. I really want to provide service for people that they love. I love testimonials. They're always so positive And that just is the fuel for moving me forward. And I think I'm also very creative. So sort of all kind of goes hand in hand. I like to create stuff. I like to noodle in and design something new or think about new functionality or think about a new project. You know, I try to rein it in a little bit, but uh, you know, how, how can I better meet the needs uh, of my population of my dietitians and dietitians to be so that I am still competitive, right? all <laughs> kind of goes full circle around that. And I think, I think the other thing that, you know, when I, I said in high school, I just thought about this, that I was a cheerleader, that i I think I still am. I, I I am still like one of the biggest cheerleaders for dietitians. That is really important to me. My profession, our profession, means a lot to me, and I feel very loyal to our profession, us being dietitians and very protective about that. And I want to elevate all of us. I don't want to see us, uh, not having the strongest, most relevant voice in the room. I want, I want us to be the voice of being the expert, uh, whether it's culinary nutrition or worksite wellness or nutrition writing um, or uh, you know medical nutrition therapy, whatever it is. However, we realize our nutrition career as dietitians. I just, I, I want us to be the loudest voice.
1: And you definitely are really passionate about the profession, and you're highly involved. Um, you know. As am I, and I think it's really important what, if you're speaking to younger dietitians, you know, what would you say to them about getting involved in the profession and, and the academy? You know, yeah. what's the value?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of different um, opinions about the, the National Academy. I've always been a big uh, proponent of it. Um, Locally, I think that's super important to get involved. So, if you're a student, getting involved in your your local dietetic association at your school, and then uh, zooming out a little bit, and in the local dietetic association for your your um, uh, location. So, I'm in San Francisco, so we have the Bay Area Dietetic Association, and then further zoom out, the California Dietetic, and then further, you know, there's the the Academy, but there's you know, there's a lot of different ways to get involved. But I think. Just showing up to meetings as simple as that sounds, is so impactful. I, I, uh, there's a, a wonderful book. um, it's called The Black Swan. I'm staring at it now. Uh, it, it was all about just showing up in general, like j- just well, there's it's about many different things. but going to events, going to networking events, going to meetings, of course, being on the board or being on committees, uh, you, you never know what opportunity is going to come your way as a result of that. Either observational learning, something that you're going to learn just by watching somebody else silently, just watching how they work. Like Marie, I love watching you network. I know you say you don't like to, but I love watching you network. Whether um, you know it's in person or I can see what you're doing online. I, you know, it's just amazing observational learning that you can get from people. You can also have someone be your biggest, uh, your biggest cheerleader, your biggest supporter, and the only way they can do that is by knowing you and knowing the type of work that you can do or helping someone out. So, so you know, getting involved, showing up, being there, being on a call, being in person, whatever it might be, and then finding opportunities for leadership. I know it sounds like a cliche, but Anytime you can add some sort of leadership um, skill, opportunity, experience onto your um, that you can put into your resume, into your LinkedIn profile really helps for career opportunities down the line. It really gives employers, Um, something, something tangible that they can then say, oh, this person's going to take the ball and run with it. This person's, I can rely on them. This person's going to be dependable. This person's going to be detail-oriented. This person's going to execute. This person's going to be able to implement, you know, whatever it might be that they're going to be able to see the value um, just by having some leadership skills. So I think, you know, being able to meet people is, is the key part.
1: Yeah. So you're also a big networker that I admire. Um, how have networks and collaborations assisted you um, through your journey and and your business?
2: Oh, you know, it's funny. Um, I love, love, love doing collaborations. I think that's sort something sort of new. I would say, you know, in the last five, five, ten years you know, collaborating, either having other people work with you and for you. I think that's an that's an amazing collaboration, even though there's money exchanged, you know, right, you know, directly, that's an amazing collaboration. You know, Sarah Kozik, she's uh, been a writer for me for years and she's, she's uh, you know, a wonderful person. Between the two of us, we create opportunities for each other to advance our career, advance our, our, just loving our jobs, right? Like that's part of it too. It's not, you know, advancing your career, like what does that mean? It means, you know getting getting paid for something that you love doing most of the time it's not going to be all the time but you know most of the time so collaborating i you know i just think it's just a, another way so i'm very social i wouldn't say i'm a good networker but i'm very social i get a lot of energy from other people uh, i i love laughing i love learning i love i really love learning from other people and how you can do that sort of you know inserting yourself into someone else's Career path is by collaborating, like that. That's the way that you do it. And so it's about like, how can I help promote you and your work and your business? Uh, And um, and if you're interested, here's how you can help promote me. You know, like there's just a lot of great ways to uh, realize what networking is. I I always like I have this vision every time I go to fancy and there's like these you know networking events. um, I think I've said this to other people before as well that if you ever see me outside the door just you know before entering into a a, a networking event is because i'm trying to get myself organized and together in my head like okay all right you've got this you can do this <laughs> you you love doing this in the end black swan remember all that um but you know i feel anxious walking in there i'm you know it's you know there's a lot that goes through everyone's mind when they're networking but you know you can think about it in unique and creative ways but it's all about promoting and having fun and and uh just you know promoting our profession essentially
1: mm, I have the same I'm an introvert as you know so
2: I, I actually Close hate the
1: door. <laughs> networking events so and I have to psych myself up but you know and I think if you're like me then it's just starting smallest. so I just have I set myself small goals just talk to one person and then you usually talk to more than that but um yeah not putting a lot of pressure on yourself and
2: yeah exactly don't put the pressure on yourself just go and have fun just you know chat with somebody and organically that uh, you know if it doesn't work out with that person you sort of move on like sort of you know speed dating in a big room I hate the big rooms though but I totally understand yeah
1: and I know you work with Sarah but I think you've pretty much remained a company of one throughout your journey and has that been an an active decision. I think, you know, there's a lot of the, the social norms are to, you know, grow and have a big team, but yeah. I what's know. your thinking around that?
2: I should like, that's the one thing I need to to uh, learn. And, uh, that's one thing I need to do. I think I do a lot well, but that is, that is one area I'm, I could always improve on. But you know, what's interesting is though, when, so I, I have a lot of consultants that help me. I've got somebody who does some graphic design. I've got um, my IT person. I've got, um, uh, you know, writers. I've I've got people, uh, but what's interesting is I I have had accountants, etc. Uh, you kind of don't need an accountant anymore. But um, when I would have someone that would help me with something, and then we parted ways for whatever reason. I would go in and start to do the work myself and think, oh my gosh, this has been done wrong all along. Like, oh my goodness, not, not to say that help is always wrong, but by going in and looking in on the back end or looking at a process, looking at a system, I realize, oh, that's not how I want it done. Or, you know, how could how can someone you know know unless I communicate that with them? But it's not until I go in and do it myself uh, that you really get to see. Uh, what, ha- what redirection you need to uh, entertain. Right. So, so I do, I do have consultants, um, but I don't have a team, you know, and so I should get, I could get better at that. So I've had, I've had varying amounts of help over the years so. though.
1: No, I don't, I don't think you have to, I think that can be a strength and an advantage. And I read a book, the company of one recently, and there's um there's growing movement to just staying small. So,
2: well, there are so many. so. I had more people early on in my business. And as the internet evolves and systems evolve and Zapier makes more zaps, like there are, there, you, you know, you can, in, in Canva, like you can, you can do a lot on your own. Like the business can run, like I said, you know, having the systems in place. And I've learned this from other dietitians as well. Like, You know, having these things, uh, triggers that happen, funnel triggers, you know, whatever it might be that, uh, you know, just making sure you're aware of all these things and watching them play. I have, you know, the AI and the robots working with you. and not conspiring against you <laughs> accidentally, you know, so, so I think, I think that's really an interesting topic for the future, but I don't, I don't like it in general. I don't like the idea of working in, you know, in, in silo or by yourself alone. There's just so much that you can't see, you can't hear, you don't know. There's just the synergy that happens when you're working with other people.
1: Yeah. But as you said, you're doing that through collaborations and rather than team members.
2: Exactly. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point yeah. at this chapter, yeah, there's been so levels. many chapters. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you, you've talked about a lot there about the future. What, what do you think are the opportunities for dietitians, you know, in the next few years, next decade?
2: I think there are, well, I have seen the profession change obviously for, you know, over, over the decades. So what I, what I have seen is that uh, it, you know like where does our money come from It all that that's 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 where is um, that's where it's all at right like so where does the money come from so the, the you know the money came from the insurance companies the money came from the uh, hospitals paying us maybe it came from academia uh, it came from whoever uh, was willing to pay us and I always felt like there was like this indirect line from us getting the actual cash for the money. And I think what's sort of changed and evolved over the last, you know, few years is more direct to the consumer, right? More B two C directly, and people, die, you know, people want to pay you for this. So you can certainly there's a whole area for uh, medical nutrition therapy, uh, insurance reimbursement. Um, there are underserved populations that, thank goodness we have insurance that can then pay us to provide that that um, information. But there's this whole other area, whether it's on the side or your full- time gig, um of being able to communicate directly. And provide a service with our expertise directly to the consumer who is saying, "I will pay you directly." So that can be all kinds of different things. That could be cooking demos. That can be worksite wellness. Well, there's you know it's being paid by the company itself, but they are they are the ones demanding it. Um, and then if you get more business from them um, on the side, uh, direct direct payment, uh, providing meal services for them, uh, menu planning. Uh, You know, there's just so many different things you can do that are available. Uh, Did I say cooking demos? Like, you know, there's so many different things that can be done now where the consumer wants to pay you. They want the information. They don't want the firewall between themselves and maybe another company or the insurance company or, or whatever it might be. So I think really optimizing all of our you know, being able to provide that services, uh, like whether it's influence marketing or whatever it might be. But the other niche area, well, and I should also say is speaking of niche, that we can also niche down and down and further and further into uh, you know, like IBS for teen girls, uh the ages of, you know, 16 and 17, right? Like you can really niche down and people will want to pay for that. People will want that information. Of course, you know, medical nutrition therapy certainly plays a role. And and getting insurance reimbursement, but I think that we can really provide expert service for for a lot of these um, areas that are in demand by consumers. So then the other area is, as we've been seeing, is more of this business to business or B to b, you know, working together to let, let's say you got really good at working at uh, um, gut health in teen boys playing football. You got really good at or, or running marathons, let's say that, like where, you know, there's a lot of, you know, gut stuff that can happen. Um, and you got really good at that. And you want to show other dietitians how to do that. And I just think that is just brilliant, right? Like showing and doing the B2B, working together. Again, co- collaborating, but actually providing a service where the other dietitian is paying you to show them how you're working with this niche, or how you set up uh, virtual um, conversations with these uh, th- with these kids or or their parents. Um, how does that work? How do you deal with HIPAA? Like, how do you know? I, I'm going to learn from another, another dietitian. I don't want some generic information that's coming off the web or generic information that's coming from somebody who doesn't know my profession. I want it coming from a dietitian who's done it and who knows what they're doing. So I think more of this B2B information. And that that's you know, that's how I got into also doing the resumes and LinkedIn profiles is that. I was seeing that people were getting generic information from people outside of the profession they were getting it from um uh, professional resume people who are very generic good good information but not tailoring it to the dietitian. And so I know dietitians, I've done every job under the sun as a dietitian. I know a lot of the details and so I can I can then help steer one of my fellow dietitian friends into Creating more of an impactful resume or LinkedIn profile, whatever it might be, to make them more competitive and to make them more successful. So, yeah, B2B.
1: Yeah, and I think the global opportunities, you know, the world is such a small oyster now that. Oh my gosh. Really, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. what would be your number one tip then to someone who's trying to land their dream job or start their own gig and how can they actually stand out? You talked about niching. Is there any other? Talk about
2: niching. I I think uh, really being able to show your value. uh, you, You know that that's like a very what sounds like a very generic phrase, but it has so many little micro steps in it. Uh, So if you, if you come to your presentation of yourself in a job interview or a pitching collaboration or uh, pitching your services, if you, if you have your own business and you're wanting to pitch your services to another, to a client, to, to have them pay you for those services. Like if you work in, you know, as a media dietitian or um, culinary nutrition or something like that. um, I think the biggest thing is being able to come from it, from their perspective how are they going to be able to take advantage of your value? So aligning your value with what their needs are, what their pain points are, what their, what their struggles are, or where their gaps are, uh, I think that's the number one thing. So what does that mean, though, if you like sort of drill down a little bit, is looking at what work successes you've had and being able to articulate that in a way that doesn't sound like a job description title, like, you know, m- managed The social media campaign for large snack company. Okay, that tells me nothing. There's no story in there. There's no numbers. There's no action verbs. There's no, you know, managed is a verb, but it's not an action verb, right? Like, you know, you want to get in there and really share the story. Yes, of course you did that. But is there a way that you can take that? Work that you've done and really blow it up to show your value. I'm sure you did something amazing. Um, and all <laughs> pretty much all dietitians do is just a matter of wordsmithing it out. Uh it, it you know, like implemented uh whatever the uh, the campaign was and what kind of engagement growth and what kind of uh, you know, looking back on what the uh, companies values are do they value customer service do they do they value engagement do they value revenue? so you know like working back through all of those things sort of working backwards and that's what you're trying to show so you're just trying to show what value you've had in a way that tells a story and aligns with the company's what their mission is. Um, I think, I think that easier said than done, I realize, but once you start thinking that way, once you start having that mindset and once you start work journaling, I talk about this a lot that, that you sort of keep keep a running tally of all your work successes, uh, you know, and, and so that you can remember and what were those benchmarks? Was it, uh, uh, improvement in patient satisfaction? Was it, uh, that you got, you know, five-star ratings from, or four-star ratings from, you know, patients or from clients? Was it that you were able to see, uh, a growth in revenue? Were you able to change the um, like, um, hemoglobin A1C? be able to make some improvements there over a, a period of time. So always sort of be thinking about it that way, and then aligning your resume and, and then also your LinkedIn profile. I think you know I, I'm a, I'm an evangelist for really optimizing people's LinkedIn profiles because that's just a really public way that dietitians are out there and everyone can see it, right? Like yeah. everyone can see it. Uh, So it's just a great way to, you know, make sure that it's it's up to date. You don't have to be someone that posts something all the time, but if you've got, if you have already an existing social media platform that you like to reach your audience on, or say, you know, if you're a media dietitian, like, you you know, you talk about what's going on, nutrition trends or whatever it might be that you can just use your, your, um, your, what what are they called? Uh, Your, your, um your system that you use to post that. So like Hootsuite or later or whatever it might be, just tack in, you know, LinkedIn as well and put that in there. So there's a lot of ways. But you're definitely being a little more strategic about LinkedIn. And I've got, you know, I've got courses on it. I've given tons of talks, you know, there's lots of resources out there for people to get it to get going on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, most people, if you're meeting someone for the first time, I think most people are Googling. Your name, so Duke, like, your, and LinkedIn your, your LinkedIn comes profile. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. pops up. It's like, holy cow! Make sure that looks good.
1: Yeah, and I think it, you know you can also we've talked about networking. You can know, also you know it's a great networking tool, collaboration yeah.
2: tool. Yeah,
1: we've had a great conversation today, Stacey. But I'd like to end with you're probably one of the few dietitians that have appeared on Oprah. Like, how <sighs> did you? How did that come about, and what was that experience like?
2: Oh my goodness. You know, working with Dean Ornish, the opportunities were left and right. I, I mean, I I had so many amazing opportunities. I don't even know where to begin. Like all, all the people I got to meet, uh, famous, not famous. Um, and so, but, but one of the things with it, it was always very spontaneous. You know, when you work with a visionary like that, everything sort of pops up, you know, like overnight. <laughs> and so... Uh, and, uh, Dean often couldn't be in two places at once. And so I would, I would, you know, fill in for him a a lot of places. And so talking about the nutrition component of his lifestyle program. So, uh, he's friends with, um, Oprah through the work that he does and, and she's, she's, she, uh, likes his work. And he, it was a segment on women's heart disease. And it was just sort of becoming more, I think there was a study that was out and showing that women had different, uh, uh, they presented differently when they were having a heart attack or a coronary event. And there was a lot more tension on women and, and heart disease. And so, uh, I was asked to fly out. I literally had like less, I think at like 24 hours notice Thank God, because I think I would have like sweat through every, you know, <laughs> top I had thinking about it more than 24 hours. I had to hop on a plane and I went out and I was um, working with a, a a woman, one of the audience members who had had a heart attack, who was, uh, didn't fit the typical profile of someone you would imagine had a heart attack. She was young. She was slightly underweight. Uh, she, um, had a bunch of different risk factors, but, but the bottom line is I got to go in and do like a, a cupboard clean out and, uh, worked on that for hours and hours and hours. And that was the most exhausting work. And I remember coming away thinking, oh my gosh like filming is the most exhausting work ever. And it was fun. Like, you know, Oprah was sort of like, uh, she had like planned out like how it was going to go and what what it was going to be. And then the day of the filming, the day that the, the, um, the, um, segment was aired. Uh, so I was on, it was a video and Dean was sitting in, uh, sitting next to her and, and they were just like talking to me and, and, um, uh, having that conversation. But what's funny is it was, it was a really amazing event. I've had so many other ones, but everyone really is magnetized to the idea that, you know, a fellow dietitian was on, was on Oprah. And it was, I was, I was very honored, uh, but there was just so many amazing events that, um, that I got to be a part of just by working with Dean Ornish
1: it's incredible that you have those people in your life that, you know, yeah, just change the the path of your life as well. And the opportunities. Yeah. So to, yeah. to have someone like Dean, who, as you say, is such a visionary, you know, that's an amazing um, opportunity that you've had, but, you know, everyone has those opportunities to work with people like that. And, yeah. and you're that, you're that Stacey for, for dietitians. So thank you for being such an advocate of the profession and inspiring all of us and the work that you do through nutrition jobs to actually, you know, create jobs for dietitians and to support them. And as you said, to elevate the profession, you know, that's fantastic work that you're doing. So thank you for that. Thank Thank you for sharing your inspiring story today. And please, if you haven't been to nutritionjobs.com, um, please go and check it out because there is a wealth of information there. Um, Thank you so much, Stacy, for your time today. I really appreciate it. I,
2: oh, Marie, thank you so much. I'm a huge, I think we're, you know, we're, we're both uh, big fans of each other. I really am a fan of the work that you do for dietitians and for consumers, right? That, you know, bringing the two together. And I love all the growth that Dietitian Connection has had and continues to have. And um, it's, just, it's just really exciting. So thank on behalf of all the other dietitians and dietitians-to-be, like, thank you for all your
1: work. Thanks, Stacey. And uh, look forward to seeing you at a fincy. I don't think I'm going to get there this year with COVID, but um, hopefully next year and um, yeah, catch up with you at many more Fincies.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks,
0: Stacey. Talk soon. Thank you. To get all of the links and resources we discussed in this episode, you can go to dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts and if you'd like to support the dietitian connection podcast please leave a review and a rating on the apple Podcasts app tell us what you thought of this episode what you learned and share your guest requests for us to consider for future episodes we value hearing from you and we really appreciate your feedback so please please hit that
2: review button